What's been going on with you? How you doing? How you been holding up? I mean, it's been crazy times. That's obvious. Yeah. Well, it's been a year, a little bit over a year since I fought because the pandemic like struck like right after my fight. So for a while, everybody was on hold. Then like boxing has just started to pick back up. But it's really like the bigger networks like um, The Zone and, you know, people like that that's starting to do shows. So as it's picking up, I'm expecting to get in the mix, being a world champion and all. So. And so for me, I've been listening to a lot of music, doing a lot of cooking, uh, you know, working out, doing martial arts and boxing, all that kind of good stuff that goes along with it, watching TV shows. Uh, what have you been doing the past time? Because it's been really, really crazy, right? Yes. At first, like I was really um, buried into training. Well, not at first because I had just fought. So when the pandemic struck, I kind of like everybody stayed away from people. So when we got a chance to go back to the gym, I really like buried myself into training because I was thinking like I would get a fight right away. Like I thought that I was going to be possibly fighting Chantel Cameron. But she ended up having to fight her mandatory for her belt. So that fell through. So I was like in heavy training for that fight. And then things kind of, you know, switched up. But that's boxing. Like I said, I've been in boxing for, I'll say, 20 years and a professional, maybe 13 now. So I've had those moments where things, you so high for a fight and then just everything falls apart. And you're like, hey. So I've learned to keep my character in those situations and know, like, when the right time comes and the right situation is going to happen. But I've been training, though. Like, I, I love to run. I love to stay in shape. But any world champion fighter knows that you can't stay in fight shape the whole time. You can stay in shape, but fight shape is a whole nother level of training. I was going to ask you, like, what's your training routine and diet? Because um, that's really important, nutrition. And, you know, I used to fight amateur, and you're right. You cannot always stay on that weight. It's very, very difficult. And to weight drain and go from multiple weight classes, which I'm sure you know, every fighter knows about the multiple weight mm -hmm. classes. You know, when I entered a boxing gym, I was 168. By the time yeah. they had me fighting, they got me down to 139. I'm like, what are you guys doing to me? You know, like. Yeah, like I can walk around heavier, but I wouldn't fight at those weight classes. I'm only five, six. And my frame isn't built like that. Like, I'm actually friends with Clarissa. And when we stand next to each other, it's like her back is bigger than mine. Size matters in boxing. You know what I mean? So you have to pay attention to that. So you're supposed to stay where I feel you are at your best. Yeah, we in women in boxing, you have to fluctuate. Because I fought all the way at 135. I fought at 147. I fought at 140. I've even entertained 150, but the girls were way bigger than me, the, the bigger I went. But you have to do that in um, female boxing to get a fight. You do a lot of sparring in your training sessions, like in, in your routine. And what's your training yeah. like? Well, um, I'll say a normal training week is five days a week. I do anywhere from mm, four to five days of running a week anywhere from three to five miles. I enjoy running. Actually, it gives me like a mental peace of mind or something. So running for me is kind of recreation too, but it's part of my exercise. Then if I have strength and conditioning, we do that for about an hour, maybe an hour and 15 minutes, two or three days a week at best. And that's if a fight's coming. And then at night, I'm in the gym another two hours. And that's heavy bag, jump rope, pads with my coach. 
So yeah, so it's pretty busy job. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So do you run outside or do you do the treadmill or a combination hybrid of both? Hate the treadmill. Yeah. I run on it if the weather's bad. I feel like that's the hamster wheel. You just going in the same spot. Yes. <laughs> and after a while, a mile go by and I'll be like, that's all I did. My coach be like, yeah, but I hate this thing. Running outside is my thing. I like oh, seeing absolutely. people. I'll be needing encouragement when people ride past me and be like, yeah, champ. I, sometimes it'd be a moment where I'm ready to quit and somebody be like, yeah, keep going. I'm like, I needed that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they like that. that fire. Yep. So, yeah. lighting a fire when you run, uh, what's your playlist? Do you listen to music while you run? Because I do. Yeah, I do. I got my own song, Merciless Mary by Taylor. I listen to that mostly. Um, whew, I got a plethora of things that I listen to. It depends. Like, I like this guy named NF. He doesn't curse in his rap. Um, he's kind of real motivating. Sometimes I listen to Eminem. Sometimes I listen to Jay-Z. Sometimes I, I'm feeling real motivated and ready to go. I might play some Beyonce, I'm here or something, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I'm real all over with music. Yeah, that, that's the way to do it. And Eminem definitely will light the fire, you know, yeah. and uh, the spark and all that. Because you, you kind of need that push. And like you were talking about when someone gives you like that pat on the back to push you far, and, you know, to be a boxer, you know, let's get into this now. It's not the easiest job in the world. It's the loneliest place on the planet. You know, you. And, yes, 100%. Um, what got you into the sport of boxing from its inception? Like, what got you in that ring? You mean just from the first in interest? Yep. Boy, I was like, 13, going on 14, hot tail little girl, and I was getting interested in guys, and it was this guy at my gym that I thought was so attractive. Well, not at my gym, at my school, that I thought was so attractive, and he told me he was a boxer, and I was a cheerleader, and he was like, I'm going to the boxing gym, and I was like, we don't have a boxing gym in Gary. He was like, yes, we do. I was like, yeah, whatever. Show me. He was like, okay, well, let's go, so we went down the street from the school. It was like over a hill. So when we got there, we walked in, I saw all these boxing bags and all these guys that just looked great working out. And I said, oh, my God, <laughs> this is cool. <laughs> so that's the initial reason. So I walked up to the coach in my, my cheerleading uniform and I said, hey, I want a box. And he was like, no, you don't. He was like mad because I was really cute. Like, I'm still cute, but I, I was really cute that day. And he was like oh no but he couldn't turn me away because it was a non-for-profit gym so he let me stay there for three days and after three days he put me in a ring and got my butt kicked all around the ring mm -hmm. and after that I was so mad on my way home like snot and crying mad like <laughs> I can't believe they just beat me up like that I trained every day for months in my backyard just to beat them up originally I'm like, I don't care. It was some, it rose the competitive side in me that probably was already there. It was just fate. Like they say, everything happens for a reason. I believe in that. So it was a reason that that happened that brought me there. Yeah, I'm into all the makeup and all the girly stuff, but I love boxing because I told somebody, it was like, you so pretty and you always making yourself up like a girl. I was like, boxing really isn't about strength. It's an art. And what I love about boxing is that it's a brotherhood. Like, I trained in Newark, New Jersey. You know, you have all different cultures, all different classes of people. And it was so great and a great experience. And, you know, they welcomed me in and I embraced them. And we learned off each other. And, you know, yeah. the best part is that you can fight somebody 
that you respect and, and, and then you piece it up. <laughs> you get it. Yeah, because I, I, I was like a real angry kid inside. Like I, I, I grew up with my grandmother because my parents were addict. They had drug addiction back in the day when I was a kid. So I was raised by my grandparents. So growing up as a kid in my neighborhood, like you get like a lot of kids that Kids are cruel. Let's just get that out of the way. They can be so mean when they want to be. And Nasty. you get these out of Yes. Nasty. So I always was fighting somebody. So when I was able to box and actually hit the bag and go to the gym and hit somebody, that's really kind of what sealed the deal for me, too. Like, this is cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's wonderful. And, you know, my last name is Signorella. So think about what I had to deal with growing up. I Brella. know kids could be nasty. They're all like, <laughs> Hey, Cinderella, where's your glass yeah. slipper? I'm like, no, it's Sig. There's an S, not a C, you know? <laughs> so, you, so for me, I got into Taekwondo, not because of that reason, that I got into amateur boxing right. and stuff like that. But you, you've had a great career, like I said. You know, you've won multiple fights. You're a world champion. Um, when can we see you back again? Like, what's, uh, what's the uh, idea for your comeback here? So I have a great team. Brian Cowan is my manager. Lou DeBella is my promoter. And they stay in contact with me. And they have been working hard. They were the ones trying to make the fight originally. They worked their hardest to try. But, you know, the WBC over shadowed them and said she had to fight the mandatory. So I know they're working. And throughout a pandemic and it being women's boxing, in women's boxing, we're in a pool. We're, we're in a small pool when there's a C for men. So finding a fight for me is not going to be as easy. So I know that they're working and I think we're looking like towards May or June to try to. Um... Excellent. And and I, I know <laughs> Lou is definitely, you know, a guy that really presses women's boxing. Which and I he keeps his mean. word too. And he really, I can really tell he cares about me because it's times Brian is just out the blue, say Lou will say, I, I got to make sure I get Mary a fight. Yeah. So I know he's working. And he, they helped me get back. <laughs> I love it. They, Can we see this right now? If you don't mind, like, let me, let me oh stick some beautiful I don't, belt. I don't, trust me, I don't mind showing her. Look at that. Oh, my goodness. What was that like to win a world Ooh. title? Like, that had to be so incredible for you. I got this picture when I just fell to my knees and started crying. Because I remember when I told oh, them, I, I, I told them the picture. Mm -hmm. I'm going to send it to you. you and it, 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 I, when I see the pit, when I saw that picture, I cry when I see it because it told my whole story. Like for 20 years, I say from the day I started, I strive to be a world champion. I, I that's that's all I ever wanted was to be a world champion. I always knew I was a world champion, but I wanted everybody else to know that I was. And 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 nothing. I, I understand that everybody wants to be undisputed. That never was my dream when I started. And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with being undisputed, but when I started boxing, there was no such thing. So for me to be a world champion was the greatest strike for me. So now I just want to fight the best. If you got all the belts, fine. You know what I mean? If you got one belt, fine. I want to put on great fights because like, like I'll use, for example, the, the Brock is McCaskill two fight. I went to the fight or whatever, but the, the fight was good. But for women boxing, we need to be, great we need to see matches that you know what i'm saying are dynamic fight fights that mm -hmm. went well i can't say who was the reason why the fight wasn't good you know because 
Cecilia didn't box. It's like she was still trying to fight McCaskill's fight. And we know what McCaskill's fight is. She's going to come forward and she's going to press the issue. She's not going to let up and you can't hold or whatever to try to stop her from doing so. You got to box it. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is with this title, I want to fight the best. I think me and Chantel Cameron would be a great match. I think that would be a great 140-pound fight. I'm willing to put my belt up. She's willing to put hers up. Let's go. I was going to ask you who's next and who you want. Because I oh, know. Oh, yeah, I want to fight Chantel Cameron. I want to fight Jessica McCaskill. That, 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 I'm going in that order yeah. of, of the two that I want to fight right now. Yeah, you're not so, talking to anyone. No. No. I mean, that's not. I'm, I'm 27 and 3 with 15 knockouts. Yes. That's I fought Holly Holm for her last fight in women's boxing. She thought that I was a, a great opponent for her to go out with fighting. And she was one of the best in her prime at the time that I fought her. And after she fought me, when it knocked out Ronda Rousey, who they said was invincible. Mm -hmm. And I fought 10 rounds with her. So a ducking somebody is not the question. No. no. <laughs> not the question. Right time, right day. Yes. You got a belt. I got one. Let's go. That's absolutely correct. It's funny, too, because when Holly went over there and fought Ronda Rousey, I live in Vegas now. I'm originally from the East Coast of New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And I looked at the sports book line, and I said to myself, I think Holly's got a good shot here. And she was like a huge underdog. Yep, and I said she was going to win. I, I, I said it, too. I told my wife. I'm like, she's going to win. She's like, why don't you just go to the sports book and – Lay down a wager. I'm like, ah, I'm being lazy. I had a couple beers. I didn't want to go anywhere. And then next thing I know, Holly <laughs> knocks her out two rounds. I'm like, oh, my God. You know, I could have won some money that day. I signed but, um, it. I signed about 15 autographs that night. I was at Buffalo Wild Wings. And when I walked in Buffalo Wild Wings, I said, I'm betting on Holly. And it was so crowded because Rhonda was such a superstar at that time. Yeah. They was like, you're going to lose your money. I said, no, Holly's going to beat her. How I knew. I'm very good at watching interviews and listening to what a person say because subconsciously you're going to say how you really feel. And Rhonda said, I can outbox her. First mistake. You never step into the realm of something that somebody great at already. She said, I'm going to outbox Holly. And I said, that's what she's going to lose. And I said, Rhonda's been too busy making movies and now she thinks she's a boxer. So when we was at Buffalo Wings, I said, she's going to lose. That's like, well, how do you know? I said, well, I fought Holly Holmes 10 rounds her last fight in boxing and I can fight. And she beat me. I said, I've never said a girl beat me in a loss. I've always had, like, I could have won. Holly was at her best that night. And I said, if that same girl fights Ronda Rousey, she's going to knock her out. And they yeah. was like, nah, you don't know nothing. Boxing isn't, you know, they was cursing. Like, you don't know nothing about MMA. So when she knocked her out, they turned around and said, how did you know? I said, what do you mean? I had an idea, too. I had yeah, an idea she outpunched her first, and then she finished her with a kick. Yeah, no, dude, that kick was nasty. Like, but she was that, already knocked out from all the. She was already she had done. Got caught back. Yeah, that she was, was just through. like, yeah, that you know. And as far as cursing, go ahead, feel free if you need to, and because I do it a lot too. But oh, um, right. at the end of the day, that sent her straight to hell. That last kick, when I saw that, I was like, oh no! I was like, please make sure the referee, because with UFC, it's different. Like sometimes they'll let this thing go when someone's on the ground. And they're like, and let you stump. Horse. Yeah, it was over. And you just see them like getting rocked up, and it's like that's no good, man. But um, first of all, what I want to talk about is good, and I want to start the show with this, and I almost forgot about it. And I'm glad I didn't. Your nickname, Merciless. 
Wow. That's a powerful nickname. Where did that come from? Merciless Mary. Did you see the fight when I won my world title? I did. You seen how I stopped that girl? And the referee had almost peeled me off of her. Yeah. That's why they call I I fought like that my whole life. My very first amateur coach, he called he started calling me merciless. And I said, Why you call me that? He said, because when you're fighting, no matter what's going on, you do not stop fighting. You do not let up. You could be getting hit and you still will not let up. The record, you know, you look at 31 bouts that you're at right now, according to my notes, and 15 KOs. So you got a 50% knockout ratio, which is excellent in boxing. And it would be higher if they give us three-minute rounds. I was going to ask you that question next. This is why, you know, you're definitely a sister from another mother to me. I was going to ask you that question. Now, I'm telling you, I was going to ask you that question next because how do you think we get more exposure to female boxing? And also, you know, like you mentioned, the three-minute round. Like, you want three minutes. Three-minute rounds. I I, I train three-minute rounds. Um, I'm from old-school trainers, so three-minute rounds is just, you know, what everybody does. But not only that, with three-minute rounds, it gives you more of a time to settle down. Also, it gives you more time to pick your spots and also break the opponent down. Two-minute rounds is too fast. Those rounds, you can, like like I said, for example, if a fighter like, who can I say? Uh, McCaskill. If a fighter like McCaskill fights a three-minute round, she cannot keep that pace the entire three minutes, period. That way you can see more of a two-sided fight versus a one-sided slop fest or a tough man-looking fight or whatever. You can see some boxing. You can see some brawling. You can see a little bit of everything. You can also see the skills in the women because it gives you, like I said, more time to settle into the fight, also to break the opponent down. Wow. That, that is a wonderful assessment and, and very... We are professionals, and I'm giving my whole life, I'm giving hours of my time and training. Allow me to perform. Give me the time to perform. I'm this. training for months for this. Yeah. And this is my life. Give me what I deserve. I'm a professional. I'm putting on the show. I want the whole 30 minutes that the men get. You know, I love this. I'm getting choked up thinking about it. And you're absolutely passionate and correct about everything you said there. And so informative to a lot of people. Because if you don't fight, like, you don't know what it's like to be in there. And, like, you're correct. The way you assessed how short two minutes are. Like you start finding your footing, you start getting your rhythm, you start doing things. And halfway through the round, if you're doing a three minute round, you know, from my experience, you know, you start, you know, engaging or understanding the temperament of the fight. And if you're doing well, or if you need to make adjustments, etc. And so if you don't have that benefit of doing that, you feel like a little slighted there, right? Like, I mean, you're not getting the I whole. I mean, come, yeah. And then some, like, like, like I, like I said, I'm smart. I listen to interviews. And in watching an interview, I've heard different fighters say, yeah, because within two minutes, I could just keep this pace up. So you could just keep up a sloppy showdown for two minutes. That's not helping women's boxing. That's no. not making women boxing grow. So because you you sloppy and you throwing wild and you doing whatever for two minutes. So you, you doing, you know what I'm saying? Anyway. You can oh, throw down. I got you. You windmilling. Okay, you could get away with windmilling for two minutes. Right. But the other opponent don't have a chance to box you or break you down so they can see. I'm saying, I'm if they give us three minutes, I have people on the edge of their seat. I mean, I'm already doing two minutes because I if I can't break you down in two minutes, 
I'll knock you out in the ninth and tenth round. Then I'm gonna break you down one way or the other, though. <laughs> Great point. It's like look at like what happened with Pacquiao and Marquez for, you know, like at the very last second, Marquez just starched them, knocked them out. Cold. That's what I did to Estache in the tenth round of my fight for my title. There you go. Because you, but had it that shouldn't be like that. I could have broke her down sooner, with more time, more rounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, more time in the rounds, more you know per yeah, round. Yeah, exactly. So tell me about like like that that mentality. Not to give away your secrets, but because there is, it's called the sweet science, and there is a formula to fighting. Now, styles make fights. Everyone is different. So when you go in with like a, a game plan, right. Um, like, what, what do you try to do throughout the course of, of the fight and in particular each individual round? First, the first round or so, my coach said, like, the first round or two, he don't even give no instructions, really, because we got to see what they're going to bring. You got to see what they're going to do. Maybe they're just going to fill me out the first time. Maybe they're going to come out trying to swing and throw their best stuff. Yes. I'd rather get hit with your best stuff in the first round because they now know what to expect the rest of the night. I got a chin, granted, ain't never been knocked out, so – know that but I like to know what you got because one thing about having experience I know sometimes a person only strong for the first three or four rounds mm-hmm. so then if I know ooh, ooh she got a good overhand ooh, she got a good left hook so I know maybe for the next three rounds it might be strong but then it's gonna die down as the fight go on so with me honestly I'm like a computer I figure out what I want to do to you after I get in there but, but the, the best thing every fighter should always have first is a jab. You're in Indiana? Yep. What's the food like over there? Ooh, actually, in Gary, we got some good food. But they like hole in the walls, like little restaurants. But they be the bomb. I hope they blow up one day. Tony King. I like Kelly Soul Kitchen. I like um, Big Daddy's. <laughs> oh, what else we got out here? Well, we had this one place called Phenomenal Ribs. They closed. They had this chicken sausage link. Woo! Ribs and all that kind of good stuff. So is that part of your diet? Like, you know, ribs? Uh-uh, and like- uh-uh. No, heck, you know. I'm just telling you what's good. I ain't been able to eat it in about a month. <laughs> oh, man. So what are you eating to get by? <laughs> what am I eating now? Yeah, what are you eating? Oh, well, I'm making my own food. Right now, I'm eating. Like, in the mornings, I do, like, oatmeal, turkey sausages. So, right now, I'm cooking. I be doing, like, like egg whites, oatmeal in the morning. Sometimes I do grits because I like grits, toast. Because I ain't got to lose a whole lot of weight. Because you ain't got to be on weight right now. So, I ain't got to lose a whole lot of weight. Like, maybe five or six pounds at best. But yeah. not, not a whole lot to be at walking around weight. Stop it. Understood. How do we follow you on social media, Twitter, Instagrams, all that kind of stuff? Okay, Instagram is Mary McGee underscore champion. Oh, what is my Twitter? I just did Twitter. Mary McGee, y'all know that. <laughs> Mary McGee on Facebook and on TikTok, I'm Mary McGee 5. Y'all are like me on TikTok too. I make a lot of videos. I be having fun. <laughs> Joy in life. I tell you what, I do shows like as a guest sometimes, and they're like, "How do we follow you?" I'm like, "You know, to be honest with you, I have no idea because I'm terrible." <laughs> I remember because we have so many different accounts. Like my Twitter's one name, my Facebook's another name, and then you know, and then my stepdaughter's telling me about TikTok. I'm like, "What is a TikTokie?" She's like, "No TikTok," <laughs> you know. And I, know I love TikTok. You you on TikTok? I don't have a TikTok yet. 
You will love it. Yeah? Yes. You All right, I'm going to get on the TikTok then. And by the way, like, again, I, I love the room you're in, that vibe. Muhammad Ali, the greatest. Absolutely right. Yes. Look yes. Humble, great, good guy, people person. That's everything I would like to fashion. I got my own swag I add to my things, but that him is just overall boxing, a person. Just, I don't know. I, I can't even describe him in words, but I've learned so much from him. I, I always want to stay humble. I'm not better than nobody. I'm just my best me. And I learned a lot of my ways from Muhammad Ali. That's why I'm able to still have fun, be a fighter, smile, be cute, all of that. Muhammad I, Ali taught me that. He's the greatest. Beautiful. I mean, I, I never met Muhammad Ali. but Me even. I wish I did. Him. I knew people that knew him. And then what I took away was this, is that if, if someone was like an electrician or a doctor or whatever, once they met Muhammad Ali, they became a better electrician, a better doctor, a better person. Like whenever I spoke to anyone that met Muhammad Ali, they said that it elevated their life to such a higher level. And so we only see what we saw in the fights and like the press yeah. and all that. Imagine what this man was like behind the scenes. Or what he probably could have just told you one-on-one -on -one just for you, you know, like. Absolutely. Oh, thinking about him make me just like. I know, I got, I'm, I'm look at this. I got, yeah, I got chills <laughs> real quick, like. Yo. Because that's, that's the man right there. Like I watched, everything about him. I watched Frazier and Ali uh, one the other day for the millionth time. You go watch that fight so many times to see so many different things. I mean, first of all, the spectacle of it was fascinating and just amazing. But Joe Frazier and Muhammad Ali, oh, my God. Like, they gave so much that night. And they yes. gave throughout three fights. I actually met Joe Frazier one time in Philadelphia um, for a fundraiser benefit. Bernard Hopkins was there. A lot of great people. Teddy Atlas. Great boxers. Ruben Hurricane Carter was there. How great is that? And Joe was feeling a little frisky. I don't know if he had a little bit to, to sip or whatever. And he comes up to me. I got a great picture with him. And he mm -hmm. hits me to the body <laughs> before we take the picture. So I actually have the street cred of getting a body shot from Joe Frazier. Oh, wow. Mind you, it might have been playful for some people. No. <laughs> that shit sucked. And I got to use that language because that's the only way I could put it. I was like, you got to be kidding me. If you see me in the Sometimes it touch it even hurt. Oh, my goodness, man. Joe <laughs> Frazier. He comes in, and, and, and I asked Bernard because I was chilling with him, and I took, I took great photos with him, and he's such a great guy, Bernard Hopkins. And, you know, um, so I'm like, yo, can, uh, can, can I talk to Joe for a minute? Because he was rolling with Joe that night. And he's like, absolutely, yeah. go on, go, go in. I'm like, okay, great. So I go up to him, and then he comes in, Joe, like I said, and just lands one. And I'm like, and you can see in the photo, I'm kind of like happy, but I'm like, like one of those, like where I'm not like, I'm trying to smile, but I'm trying to like. Like, like damn, that kind of hurt. <laughs> kind of hurt. But I appreciate you so much. Um, you guys I are doing so great. I appreciate you as well. Yes. We had, we had a great time today and everything will be on iHeart, Spotify, everywhere that you can find any kind of audio thing and, and also the YouTube thing for the video. And uh you know, it'll be up within the next hour or so. And I just I cannot thank you enough for this amazing experience and uh, educating. 
you educated a lot of people about things that obviously I have a lot of listeners that are boxing and fight fans, combat sports fans. Right. You educated a lot of people on a lot of things that they don't know. And mm -hmm. I really appreciate that information. Last but not least, before we get out, shout out to my girl, Alicia Napoleon on the new baby. Congratulations, girl. I can't wait to hold her. Congratulations. As a baby girl. I'm so happy for her. That's wonderful. Especially like, you know, nowadays, you know, uh, we all need things like that. Elation and just straight up happiness, you know, keeping life going. Yeah. That's why I had my baby. I was boxing all that time. And then when I ended up pregnant with my son six years back, I was just like, I, I want to be a mother. I want to have this child. Boxing will be here. And it was. And I came back and became a world champion. So do what makes you happy. That's what's it's up. your life. You know, it, it, you know, I had Chris Bird on my show recently and he said something that really stuck with me. And he's like one of the most inspirational people you could ever talk to. I don't know if you know him on a personal level or like yeah, follow him. I'm listening. Oh my God. He is like so amazing. So Chris Burr comes on, and at the end, he's like, y'all have one life to live. Live it. And, yes. I was like, and he went on this whole thing, and I'm like, this is this guy's incredible. And I've had him on my show twice, and I'm just like, this guy is just next level. And every single day since I spoke to him a week and a half ago, I put that in my head. Yeah. That's a yeah. great man. That's a great man. Yeah, be happy. You got to learn to be happy with where you at. Mm-hmm. You have to be, you can't, like, oh, when I get here, I'm going to be happy. Oh, I wish I was back there in the past. That I was so happy then. No, be happy now. Exactly. I'm happy now. Live for today. And, you know, I was talking about him being a great man, and you're a great woman, and we cannot wait to have Thank you back you. in boxing. And still inspire and do the things you're doing. Again, you know, 31 bouts, you know, you got 15 KOs. 50% knockout percentage, you're out there, you know, you're fighting the best and you're doing the best you can and we cannot wait to see you back again. Yes, thank you so much.